what to do when you don't have belief in yourself, how to change the way that you think about competition, how to set goals in the right way so that you don't over-obsess about them, how leadership as a parent transfers to being a leader as a team, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 479 with leadership speaker, podcaster, and community facilitator, Tyler Dickerhoff. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals who are hungry for growth get closer to the best version of themselves so that they can live meaningful and impactful lives. Now, are you somebody who really wants to improve your health, but you're a little overwhelmed with all life is throwing at you? Are you somebody who knows they want to feel better in their own skin and have more confidence in their own bodies and be a good role model for all those around you? If so, you need to get access to my new video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle. You're going to get a grocery list, a week's worth of workouts, and a list of healthy snacks and sweets to choose from. You can get all that for free today by going to nickcarrier.com. Today, I'm really excited to introduce you all to Tyler Dickerhoof. Tyler has such a good story. He found himself with a lack of confidence, a lack of belief in himself, until he finally felt seen, until someone finally spoke belief into him and then it all changed, and you're about to find out how. So without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Tyler Dickerhoof. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. Today, I am super stoked to be joined by the one and only Tyler Dickerhoof. Tyler, just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending time with me today, bro. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm excited for it. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I kind of want to start off by getting a little bit more context on your background. I know like a little bit surface level, but I haven't been able to find too too deep on kind of your your professional history and and such. So I know that like starting off, you were really kind of health and in the health and fitness space a lot. And you owned, I think your own uh, fitness space called Training Ground for a little over four years, four and a half, five years. And then you kind of got into the, more of the nutrition space with Isogenics and have your own kind of like nutrition coaching company. And now a couple of years ago, you started Impact Driven Leader and, and the community and the podcast. And so I want you to give us a little bit more context on kind of your trajectory and what you've been working on over the last like six years and how it's kind of come to where it is today. Oh, man. Well, thank you for the opportunity to to spend time and to interact with you and, and serve your audience, um, man. There's one thing that I, I appreciate tremendously is the attribute to be the best you. And it's not <laughs> to be the best someone else. It's not to, you know, be, you know, get up on stage and compete against other people. It's be the best you. And yeah. if, if I can share nothing other than that little snippet for everyone listening, dude, then today's been a success. And to go back to your question, you're like, that'll make me smile. Um, where to go back <laughs> You know, as you were asking that in, in, you know, bringing in those snippets, um, I, I think especially when, when it comes into the heart of being the best you and being the best you for me was grounded in the, man, let's take the, the, the scratch of nutrition. Obviously, you're into that, obviously into fitness, but, you know, where my career kind of has evolved along and kind of this idea of kind of best you is, is nutrition in, in a way. I grew up on a dairy farm. 
in Northeast Ohio. Okay. That's probably not where you expected me to start that nutrition, but growing up on that dairy farm, my dad actually was a nutritionist for dairy cows. He did that. Um, he started in 1983. And so one of my first experiences in nutrition, and again, that led into this push where I'm at now today, ultimately all connected, is I started balancing diets. So imagine what a dietitian does for people. I started doing that for cows when I was 12. Why? Because I was interested. My dad's like, well, here, you do it. And what's really funny for those listening in, imagine using my fitness pal. Again, my fitness pal is pretty, you know, popular uh, app, right? And maybe something similar. That was the technology that I was using to buy it, balanced diets for cows in 1991. So fast forward, I ended up going to school. Uh, I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. Quickly found out in my first semester when I was competing in class with people that were going pre-med, I was in too deep of water. I had like galoshes on and they had full body. They were ready to go like scuba. I'm not good for that. So uh, ended up changing and kind of pivoting, ended up getting into the dairy nutrition career. I did that for 13 years, owned my own business in California and practiced in that area. But going back to college and there was, we're just, I, I worked in the fitness center there because I kind of had gotten into fitness, enjoyed that. And all of a sudden I had this idea one day, I think it was a junior. And I go to my advisor and said, Hey, I'm really kind of interested in human nutrition. I, I think I'm going to take a, uh, you know, nutrition class. And he goes, don't waste your time. It's like, okay, well, let me set that to the side and, and we'll come back to that in a little bit later. So, you know, have this career in nutrition, working by myself, start lifting a lot, start working out a lot, got in the best shape ever of my life. And then, you know, kind of continue along and find myself in, I think this was probably 2011. I have three kids. And if anyone's listening that, you know, as parents, you get to a certain point where you're like, all right, if you're not, I'm going to say addicted, because there's a, a form of addiction when it comes to fitness. If you're not addicted to it. For me, I look at my three kids and I'm like, would I rather after working, would I rather go to the gym for an hour or be able to spend time with my daughter, a newborn daughter? Well, she won. And eventually then I had to stop and think, it's like, ooh, she's not winning. Because if I'm not healthy, if I'm not, you know, looking at the sign in your back, if I'm not the best me, She's not getting the best on me. So I quickly transitioned back into working out, getting into fitness. And that ultimately then led to, you know, our network marketing foray, which we still are involved in today, um, starting a gym uh, completely on a whim, which is another funny story, to eventually being where I'm at now, realizing that whole process, going back to where I first started, was really to align myself to the passion and the purpose that I've now, which is to help leaders get healthy too. Because it isn't only nutritional, physical health, it is mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual health, and ultimately help others accomplish more than they thought they could. So yeah, that's awesome, man. I appreciate all that context. That was great. And a, a really good overview of, of everything that you've done. Now to kind of, I'm going to dive into like you personally, I know that there was times in your life where when things got hard, you just kind of like try to just muscle your way through it and try to just work harder and work harder and work harder. And one of the biggest things that you lacked was like a, a good, strong community 
uh, of people to kind of be there to support you and stuff like that. So talk to us about kind of when that realization came about of, I need more people on my team. I need more people around me supporting me and, and, and therefore I can do the same for them. But talk to us about kind of when that realization came and when you wanted to kind of create that community for yourself. You know, I, I think it really started to sink in probably around 2008, 2007, 2008. So at that point, my my wife was originally from California. Um, that's where I met her. I was living in California, Bakersfield, California, southern part of the Central Valley, and I was doing nutrition for dairy cows. And 07, 08, financial crisis, all of that affected agriculture as bad as any other industry. Mm. And, and to give you some context, why is not only extreme price volatility, but much like kind of we're seeing now where we see this kind of change in the financing world. And you had businesses, farms that were being told they no longer had a line of credit or they had 20, 30, 40, $50 million in debt, which is not extreme for very large operations and being told you have to pay it back tomorrow. Mm. And one of the things that happened during that time is not only did accountants get very, very strict on what they were advising their clients, but there was also a lot of tragedy. I, I, I saw not clients of mine, but people that I knew and had worked with that committed suicide because of the financial stress. And so when it comes back to that, man, I'm going to do it here on my own because, you know, I had done that. I had just, I'd pushed hard enough. I'd, you know, my intensity, my drive had got me far enough. And as I describe it to people, I held that ball of clay and I held that ball of clay in my hand so tight and I kept squeezing, kept squeezing. And ultimately I looked down and, you know, there's just clay squeezing out of my fingers and realizing this isn't working. Now, I didn't realize then in 2008, 2009, what was going to get me farther along. But I, I ended up losing a lot of confidence. I, you know, got fired from accounts because of, you know, the financial for, you know, disruption that it was. I didn't understand what I was doing to my business. I was in my late twenties, trying to still figure it out. And Ultimately, I, I took a job with a company. So I had my own nutrition business. That business is kind of uh, struggling. I take a job with a company. My family, we re relocate to where we live now in Spokane, Washington. And I started working in an office for the first time ever. And what I found in, in that is I enjoyed being on a team professionally. Before that, I was you know working with other people, but we weren't working together. We weren't mm -hmm. supporting each other. And I'm like, man... I like the team. I don't like to be a man on an island. I don't like to be, it's all about me plus or minus. And, and I don't want to say that pressure, but I think there's a lot of people like, wow, I want that. I'm like, I had a, a mentor share this with me is if you're self-made, you haven't made much. Mm. Plain and simple. If you're self-made, you haven't made much. And, and the idea is, None of this that I've ever accomplished, anything is all on me. I have a tremendous amount of people around me that allow it to happen. And, and part of that is through contribution. Some of that's through an accountability because they believe in me. And, and part of that is I never really had anyone that I felt that believed in me, that, that looked at me and said, man, you're going to do something special. Hmm. And I really don't feel like I... Probably the first person ever, and there's two people, the two people that 
really um, shared that to me where I was taken aback. And there are two people that work for the same organization. Um, there's a picture of one of them right behind me, John Maxwell. Uh, he, he said that he, the, the amount of belief that he has in me personally is, is more than I believed. The other person was, is his you know, business partner, CEO, Mark Cole. And their friendship, their relationship, their amount of belief in me brought out more than me than I wouldn't be doing this today if it wasn't for them believing in me. So that community, even though there are time, there are people around me all the time, but I never felt like I had a community that was believing in me or that I allowed to believe in me. Mm. Because I think that that last part is, you know, we almost get into that competition. You know, so much in the fitness world, you know, I, I know you were uh, formerly employed by Orange Theory, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, one thing that they have, you know, splat points, they have the leaderboard. And there's days that I know you went there and, you know, training and people compete, you know, go to Orange Theory. It's competing and I'm going to beat that guy, right? We take that on to the rest of our life as opposed to thinking, man. How can I set the standards so they accomplish more mm. instead of saying, oh, I'm going to beat that person ahead of me? How can yeah. I challenge them so they do more than they could? And at the same point, encouraging everyone else around me. That's not the mindset that our brain normally goes to. It's the comparison. Oh, I look at other people with me. So really, it was through continual learning in that process. And this is something I do now within my community is like, you have to do the work on your own, but you can't do it alone. You can't. You know, the African yeah. proverb, one goes fast, many go far. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I, I have um, one of our core values here at Best You is we grow together and we say um, growth is possible alone, but it's only sustainable together. It's only sustainable with other people. And I think that's so true. And there's a number of other things that I want to just touch on really quickly. You know, having other people in your life to believe in you is so, so critical. And you can intentionally step into rooms and join communities so that you can have access to that if you don't already have access to that. So that's one thing, like if you don't have access to it, try to find a way to have access to it. The other thing is like, usually if you start believing in other people, it's going to be reciprocal and it's going to come back to you. So seek out other people that you can fuel belief in. It doesn't have to be fake, but just like truly find what's unique about people that you're around and speak the uniqueness into that or that uniqueness to them and, and speak that belief into them. And then I will I love that quote is if you're self-made, you haven't made much. That's unbelievable. And then the, the mindset of changing it from competition always to I'm going to beat you. That's like the zero sum game mindset is like, I, it's only me or you is going to win. It's like not all of us can win. And so ditching that is just super critical. I, there's so many good things in there. There's a, I've tried to find it. I, I know I didn't make this up, but it's attributed to Wayne Gretzky, old-time hockey player, all right? I'm in my 40s, right? But I think people still knew Gretzky is. And he made the comment that the best hockey players don't play in the NHL. The players who help everyone around them play at their best play in the NHL. Mm. And that's such a, a leadership, but it's such a life lesson and attribute. It's not about how can I be better than everyone else? 
hmm, how can I bring out the best in me? How can you be the best you that in turn brings out the best in others? There's a, um, I, I learned this from my wife. My wife is a, so I don't know if you are familiar with Strengths Finders, Nick. Um, I'm a big um, advocate believer of Strengths Finders. I think it does a tremendous job of helping people identify their strengths and really focus on that. And my wife's number one strength is belief. And I never really understood her until I learned that. And from that, in, in understanding and having people believe in me, like I shared earlier, I realized this belief is a superpower. Mm. With belief, you can accomplish anything. Without it, it's like your kryptonite. You won't get anywhere. And your ability to impact others by pouring belief into them will help them accomplish anything. And yeah. it's pour belief onto people, pour that superpower over them. And as you mentioned too, a great way to start that process is yeah. by simply believing in others because most often people don't see it. They don't believe it themselves. And if you help them believe, man, it, it's amazing what people can accomplish. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, I love that Wayne Gretzky quote. It's like, it's not the best hockey players. It's the best. It's the people that can bring out the best in all of them around them. That's so good. And then, you know, this reminds me of, I recently had Damon West uh, be a coffee bean on. And one of the things that he talks about is, is hope and hope and belief are, are very similar. They're right along the same lines. And he had his parents every single week, one time a week, come and visit him in prison. And when everybody else essentially didn't really have anybody come and visit them in prison, if it was like maybe once a year, but the hope that his parents continued to provide him, allowed him to continue to stay positive and obviously end up making his way out and everything. It's just so, so crucial. Again, I think the this message can't be hit home enough of seek out belief from others, but also be that source of belief to others. It's just unbelievably powerful. So, you know, you, I know you've had a lot of people in your life now start to speak belief into you. When did, when did it turn into belief in yourself though? Because like, you know, I think other people can speak it into you and acknowledge it. And then you kind of like borrow their belief in order to take action. But then when did it start to really, when did you start to grow into your own and your own confidence and your own belief? That's a daily. You know, I, whether it's discussed as imposter syndrome, whether it's, you know, the day that you believe too much is the day you're going to fail. Mm. Because here's the problem is, is, is that's a, it's a fine line between being arrogant and confident. It's a fine line between being um, overzealous and humble. Belief in me is nothing more than I can sit here and I can share from my experiences and understand that I can, with that, add value to you and then anyone else that's listening. But if I don't do that work every day, if I don't sit back there and if I don't read and if I don't pour stuff into me and if I don't focus to do the effort every day, it's gone. It's gone, period. You know, it's, I have a, a, a teaching that I do. It's called the five R's of mindset. And one of them is repeat. And, and I, I really relate this to my son who is, you know, now 13. And, you know, when I kind of came up with this and understood this, he was 10, 11 years old and struggled with showering, right? A lot of pre-adolescent boys do. Still working on it with him. And, um, 
you know, it's this idea that if, if you don't shower every day, dude, and for some people twice a day, you know, do you, but if you don't shower every day, maybe not the second day, or probably for sure the third day, or if not the third day, the fourth day, you're going to stink. You're just going to stink. Now, you may not be able to smell it because you may have gotten used to it, but you walk into a room and people are like, you need to shower. And it's the same way when it comes to this idea of belief. There is not this point where like, okay, I'm good. Mm. No, it, it's, it's working at it every day. And it's, it's believing this. And this is, I would say last, uh, as, I, as I look, I have two note cards, two um, pieces of paper here. There's one. Here's the other. Those are my goals over the last, I would say, two, three years. And I've struggled with goals at times because I've seen too often, I don't know myself, but others get fixated on goals. And if they don't reach it, they're a failure and forget it. I'm done. I'm worth nothing. Or there's the other, which is just as bad. I reach a goal. Now what? You run across that finish line, you break that little tape and you're like, okay, I'm done. And so many people get lost in what's next. It's kind of like the idea of, okay, and I imagine you have this in your 10-week program. It's like you set those steps and those goals, and that's awesome. You have to have those mile marks. But my fitness goal for, for years, and I actually was slapped in the face by this a couple eh, month or two ago because I'd kind of lost sight of it. My goal is when my kids who are right now 16, 14, and 13, when they're 21, 19, and 18, and they want to go climb a mountain, they want to go ski, if they want to go do whatever, that I am physically able to keep up with them. If not, I'll perform them. That is my driver. That is my mission. Mm. Now, is that something that all of a sudden the day that happens, that I'm going to be like, okay, I'm done? No. But if I commit myself to the routine of every day, am I taking care of my body? Am I staying physically fit? Am I doing those things? That'll just happen. And I know that I have to stay at it every day. And it's, it's why I kind of struggle sometimes with writing down goals because I understand that that could quickly take me off of what I need to focus on today and set myself up for tomorrow. If I start to think too far in advance, I'm going to psych myself out. I'm going to get to a point where I'm frustrated because I haven't yet reached it. Mm. Mind the process. And I know that's, you know, what you've built a lot is have those mile markers, have those, you know, steps. And, and my focus is the steps. And if I continue to build for it every day, that's where I let my belief center on. It, it's, yeah. you know, for the work I'm doing now, it, it's a message that I got from a girl yesterday who um, has been involved in, in our life through our network marketing business for, I don't know, six, seven years. And um, we were just having a conversation. It was kind of out of the blue. We haven't talked um, in a, quite a while. And she, she made this comment and it, it really, this is belief that I'm doing the right thing. And granted, this is over years. And she goes, but literally everything I've learned with leadership is the reason why I'm so successful today. Now, you know, I'm, I'm a person of faith and I believe that if we're on the right path, even if we're 
Now, we're all dealing with issues. We're all dealing with struggles. But if we're on the right path and, and we do the things that are taking us the right path, we're going to get little notes like that that are like, hmm, there's your pat on the back. Or I, I, I coach soccer team, um, my sons, but also others. And I got a message the other day from a mom that was like, hey, you probably don't get this. I imagine the boys don't see this, but man, you really make an impact on my son and he really appreciates you and, and, you know, the positive influence you are. And, you know, when people ask, you know, the other day we're talking about building out the stuff that I'm trying to do to serve people. And they're like, well, can you do this and do that? I'm like, no, no, because come 315 on Monday and Wednesday, I'm taking myself and my son to soccer practice and we're going to be there. And my commitment is to be there partly because my son's got to get there, but also understand there's anywhere from 40 to 60 other kids that need someone to champion them and pour belief into them and help and support them. That's bigger than me saying, Hey, how can I go book a speaking event? Or how can I, you know, create another mastermind? Screw that. That does not matter. Impacting one or two people that turn into thousands of people, that matters. That builds belief. Yeah. It's different. It's not someone, you know, blowing up your Instagram or your social media or your TikTok. Too often I've seen that in my experience and that leads people down a, a really dangerous path to where it, it becomes very much a sickness to where that's where you start to get you know, your belief rather than what you're actually doing. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, belief is daily. I think that's so critical because, you know, with a lot of things, with exercise and with a lot of things, you need to maybe take days off to let your body rest. But there's the thing like belief, like you have to do just small things every single day to build belief. And that just stacks up on top of each other. And, like you said, if you stop working that muscle, it can go away pretty quickly. That was really good. And then the other thing I want to kind of talk big picture with is is goals because I used to hate the word goals too. And I think so I think a lot of people either love goals or hate goals. I think it's a love-hate relationship with it because oftentimes people will set goals for themselves and then they won't achieve it and they feel like a failure. And it's because they just kind of like went about it the wrong way. And so one of the things that you did a really good job of is identifying kind of the big picture why of why your health and your fitness habits are so important to you so you can keep up or outperform your your kids in, in doing the kind of like athletic type activities that you mentioned. And so that's critical. And then making sure that, yes, a goal, and it means that we're going to have a finish line, but it's not actually a finish line. And then if you don't reach, it doesn't mean you're a failure. One of the things that I always talk about is, or, and other people talk about too, but a goal is not so much about reaching the destination, it's about who you become in the process. And then the other thing I talk about with the people in our 10 weeks is that success in this program is not just about getting to the result. Like, yes, of course, I want to help you lose the weight that you want to lose and, and look the way you want to look, but like that's not really the goal. The goal is for you to become the type of person who falls through with the promises that you make to yourself. You're the type of person who says you're going to do something and then you actually do it and, and you know the big reason as to why. And so, yeah, I think goals in general are super important to have, but 
and however, whatever gets you to take action intentionally, that's really what it is. That's like, for me, that's how I would say the importance of goals in a one word sentence. It gets you to take action intentionally. And so however you're able to do that with a goal setting process, then that's fine with me. And I think that you've done such a powerful job of doing that. We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first I wanted to share some words from a participant of the 10 week transformation. At Best You, we started running the 10WT back in January of 2020 and have since had 313 people and counting go through it. They've seen their bodies get stronger than ever before. They've seen the stubborn fat finally come off and they've seen their habits dramatically improve. And honestly, more than anything, they've seen their self-confidence skyrocket. If you want to learn more about the 10-week transformation, then you can go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. That's nickcarrier.com slash the number 10WT. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but first, here's what they had to say. So I'm just finishing up my fourth 10-week program with Nick, and the reason why I signed up initially is because I wasn't in a really good place mentally, and I had always been pretty consistent with working out, but I knew I needed a change in my life. So I signed up, I was feeling pretty nervous at first, didn't really know what to expect, it's the unknown, but Nick makes it so easy. You're surrounded by a group of people who are amazing. They only want to better themselves, so that pushes you to want to be better. The first 10 weeks, I definitely noticed some changes in my mental health and my strength, but I knew I wanted to keep it going because the framework that is provided definitely sets you up for success. It's been about a year now, and I can definitely say that there have been huge changes in my mental health, my strength, my confidence. I've learned so much about consistency, showing up for myself, Never thought I'd be the girl to wake up at 5 a.m. to work out, but here I am. And you have Nick who's there with you every single step of the way. He meets you where you're at. He pushes you to crush your goals. He only wants to see you succeed. He wants you to be your best you. So if you're looking for a program that is only going to make you better, this is for you. I, I think one of the great ways for me to conceptualize it is thinking about putting an address into a GPS. You know, say whether you use Waze, Google Maps, you know, Apple, whatever, it does not matter. But if you're saying, hey, I'm going to drive from here to, to Nashville, right? I'm going to drive from here to Nashville. And so I put that in and I, it tells me, well, it's going to take me, you know, one day and two hours, whatever it may be. And if I get so fixated on that, that's where I potentially fail. And yet, if I'm like, okay, me, I'm going to drive from here to there and I'm going to, I'm going to have to map it out because I'm, I'm probably going to stop somewhere. And if I decide to enjoy the trip instead of just put my head down, I've done that. I've driven 27 hours straight. Like I, I can do that. But yet, why? If that isn't the intention, at the same point, if I decide that, okay, I'm going to stop, I'm going to see Mount Rushmore, I'm maybe going to visit some friends, I'm going to do this or that, maybe it takes me three, four, five days. And yet, if I'm fixated on that one day, two hours, then that whole time that's maybe longer than that, I'm flummoxed. I, I give up. Oh, I'm not going to make it in time. And at the same point, if I don't at least know where I'm going to drive to, then I might as well just sit in my driveway with my engine running until it runs out of gas. I'm like, well, I didn't get there. And, and I think that's the big difference in understanding. I believe in, in having an idea of what you're doing. Now, 
for me, I, I shared that earlier. It, it's very long out. It, it's, you know, now four or five years from now. And it's been part of my mentality ideology for six, seven years. And with that, I believe this is if I know I'm going to drive, I'm going to drive somewhere and I'm going to drive and I'm going to see people. And I know that I need to go every day and I need to drive. And I understand where I'm going to drive, how I'm going to drive, what I'm going to drive. It doesn't matter if I drive one mile today or if I drive a thousand miles today, as long as I'm actually spinning the tires and I'm going down the road. Now that's through experience and that's through understanding and the process and having a plan with the process. And I think, again, coming back, if you don't have a process and adhere to that process, then you're going to fail. And at the same point, if you're too fixated on the goal at the expense of the process, you're going to fail. And it's taking time to say, am I stuck to the right process? Great. The process is right. The goal will come when it is due to come. Yeah. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, you know, when you're with the driving analogy, it's like when you're driving, you know, you might, you might drive a number of hours and then you might actually decide that you want to go to Asheville rather than Ash, the Nashville. And so I think one of the things that I try to always keep at the top of mind is anytime I set goals, especially if they're a little bit longer term, is just hold them loosely and be okay with being flexible. Being okay with being flexible because as time passes, you learn different things. Your values might change. New people might come into your life. Some people might go out of leave your life. And so being able to allow it to get you to take action, but be flexible, like see what else is going on in your life. And so that's why for me, I only really set more specific things max three months out. And after that, I'll set some what what I maybe think, but I'm like, let's just get going and see what happens. And so I, I just could talk about this all day, but I, I, I think it's. This is the other piece that's flowing through in my mind. And I've seen this is people set goals and they get there and like. I'm not fulfilled. This does nothing for me. I thought this was going to give me the, the recognition. This was going to give me the belief in myself. This was going to give me something get there and like, nope, didn't happen. And, and often it is, I will do whatever to get to that goal. Regardless of the process and the process a lot of times is not sustainable. Yeah. And so when you get there, you're like, well, I did a unsustainable process to get here. I can't go forward. It's why so often people get upset and they're like, well, I did this program and I lost 37 pounds and then I stopped and I gained it all back. Uh, yeah. It doesn't mean that the program didn't work to accomplish that. It sure did. But yet your goal was not something that was sustainable and or really, truly meaningful. Because if it was, then you would have understood along the way that mm, this isn't going to be long-term. Now, if you end up through the process, you change your habits, and you're like, man, I don't care if I lose 37 pounds or you know, three pounds. Man, I feel better. I'm doing something that's going to lead me to longer-term results. Man, that's the best pathway you can take. And I think that's where often I've seen is, is people that set goals and they adhere to goals and they get there and they're like, well, this is not what I wanted. It, you know, that happens so much professionally. 
people try to attain a position professionally, they get there and they're like, I never wanted this. This is not what it was supposed to be. I wanted to be, you know, head, you know, whatever title. And I get there and like, this life is miserable. Like, yeah, well, just because you have the title doesn't mean that you all of a sudden now have fulfillment or belief. And I think it's those, that's where it gets real messy. And I think it's through personal experience and willing to work through that to where you can come up with, you know, a better plan. And, and sometimes quite honestly, and I, and I appreciate what you do is, it's giving people a plan and say, okay, and I would, I'm just guessing you would do this because I know you've had success is, you know, you lead people through and you're like, Hey, mm, this isn't working for me. How can you help me out next? Like, okay, let's tweak this a little bit. This is the, you know, this is the GPS tracker. You know, this is the, the maps. This is what ways the same to do. But if your car can't handle it because it keeps overheating, well, we'll just adjust it. We're going to get you there. It may take a little different time, but you're going to have success. Instead of blowing up the engine, making it 500 miles, you're like, well, that doesn't work. It's like, no, just make the adjustment or, you know, adjust it afterwards. Say, hey, how can we make this work to a, it's something you could hear to long term. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That's good. Uh, I want to transition a little bit out of this goal stuff. A uh, couple a couple more questions. This one I want to ask about kind of like a leadership from a father's perspective. Uh, I know that you've got uh, three ki- kids. You got two boys and a girl. And what do you think is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself and maybe your leadership through being a father now? How, how, how many years uh, have you been a father? What's your oldest? 16. 16. 16. That's what you said. Okay, awesome. Yeah, talk to me about what, you, what do you feel like is some of the biggest things that you've learned about yourself as a leader since uh, becoming a father? Man, I... You know, it's all in one, whether it's being a father or it's just the, the process of growing as a leader. Um, I, I think that the biggest thing that I, I see and understand, if you're a great leader outside of your home, then you should be a great leader inside of your home. And how you lead at home should be how you lead outside of home. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I see that confusion from people at times because you know, and, and this comes into the whole ideology of leadership. A lot of times people believe leadership is this authority and, and that really happens at home. You know, that could be, well, I'm the parent. I get to do what I want. You have to do what I tell you. Um, that doesn't really work in workplaces. And, and yeah. especially in our environment today, they're going to say, uh, no, we're out or they're never going to show up again. And it's really hard to do that at home. But yet the, the, the problems that you see in the workplace and the same that you see at the home can be, it's like, if you, Lord over your children, then they're going to eventually do the same things that happens when you lord over employees. They're going to leave. They're going to be like, I want no part of that. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's really understanding that those relationships are not any different. And the ability to be vulnerable, to you know, have appropriate um, you know, vulnerability and authenticity in it is super important. And it's, you know, there's, there's times where that does more to build trust than anything else. It's the ability to say, I screwed up. I was wrong. Um, that's something that I, I think is tremendously important. I, I, you know, we do wrong. All of us are wrong every day. And it's, do we choose to admit it? Do we choose to accept it? And, and I know people that, you know, maybe not the generation I am in, but still probably, and, and for sure older, would never admit being wrong to their children. 
Oh, mm-hmm. I screwed that one up. Well, then why would they ever tell you when they screwed up? Mm. And the same happens in the workplace. Yeah. If as a leader, you aren't willing to say, Phew. yeah, that was a bad call. My bad. Um, we didn't do that one right. That's on me. Um, let's figure out how to move forward. Then why would people trust you to believe, you know, to, to have their best interests at hand? And so I, I think those are the lessons that I've, I've learned and I've seen. And it's really um, by learning them in both places, realizing it's the same. Um, yeah. and, and the response that you get from your kids to, you know, other relationships is the same. You get people that are like willing to give you the benefit of the doubt more. And we're like, oh, okay, I get it. We're in this together. Instead of being in a situation where it's like, well, you're never wrong and you're always right. And you get to do things that I don't get to do. You know, I I hear friends say this at times. Well, I'm the parent. I get to do it. Like you can't. That's jacked up, dude. Like, where does that work? Like, it doesn't. No, I mean, there may be differences in how those things work and, you know, different uh, opportunities and, and freedoms over time. But it's not, I get to do it. You don't get to do it because I'm the parent. Dude, I, yeah, I just don't agree with it. But yeah, no, no, I love it. I, I think the biggest thing there, like you said, is the open communication in both directions of you openly communicating with your kids about maybe if times when, when you screw up. Uh, and because then it just gives them permission to do the same thing back to you. I think that's one of the biggest subconscious things that happens in communication is when somebody opens up about something to you, then most of the time they will open up up about the same thing for them or at least something similar. And so wherever you are, whether you're a leader or you're just trying to improve your relationships, like be okay with just talking to other people about what's going on and you're no doubt going to build that person's trust and therefore just build a stronger bond. There, there's a lesson that uh, Craig Rochelle has shared. And you know, I try to listen to a lot of his stuff and he goes, you know, and this goes for parenting. And I believe this is the same in leadership is a leader must always tell the truth. Mm-hmm. They don't have to tell all the truth. You always have to tell the truth. But it's important to understand you don't have to tell all the truth. Because some of the truth is hurtful. It is what it is. And you don't have to tell that. Now you need to be truthful in everything that you say. But you don't have to dump on everyone telling all the truth. And I think as a parent, that's essential. Tell the truth. Don't, I mean, sideways a little lies. It, it, you're just teaching your kids because they'll figure it out and they'll, they'll like start to read it where it's like, okay, well, they're not really telling me the truth. So if they can do it, why can't I? It's like, yeah, um, sometimes you ask, I will tell you the truth. Now, yeah. How much I elaborate, that's my choice, but I'm not going <laughs> to start lying about it. Yeah, no doubt. They they pick up on it. They pick up on it. Kids are smart. The kids are smart. Uh, that's awesome, man. Well, before I ask the last question here, Tyler, I just want to acknowledge you, man. I want to acknowledge all the work that you've kind of done on yourself over the over the years. I think one of the things that's cool is in your career, you know, you've made a lot of different pivots. You didn't just get necessarily too gung-ho on this one finish line. You allowed yourself to be flexible and open and made different uh, changes when you needed to. And then for you to really be the person to get belief finally from, from, from some other people when you felt like you were lacking that. And then now just want to give that back to so many other people. It's, it's super inspiring and powerful, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate being here. Of course. And, uh, it's been fun.
Yeah, no doubt. Well, you guys need to make sure you go follow uh, Tyler on Instagram at Tyler underscore Dickerhoof and go make sure you listen to his podcast at Impact Driven Leader Podcast. Uh, where else should people go learn more about Tyler? Yeah, um, website TylerDickerhoof.com. Also, um, I share a lot of uh, content on YouTube as well. Um, live videos from podcasts. I do a, uh, a live uh, video every day, kind of a, a coffee chat, thought of a day, stuff that I'm learning and, and trying to wrestle through myself. So uh, you can find that stuff there. I love it. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Well, last question here, Tyler, is I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is a constant journey. I don't think we ever actually get to that person. Uh, I also think it's a unique journey. I think the way that I'm going to get there is a little bit different than the way that you're going to get there. So for you personally, if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best version of Tyler Dickerhoof that you could possibly get to, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? I think the first one is just staying consistent. Keep doing the work. Don't, don't, um, don't miss that. Number two is um, continue to be around people that stretch me in areas where I need to be stretched. And, and that's a process. I mean, you mentioned earlier about finding people that will believe in you. And, and that sometimes takes a little bit of pruning through your relationships. It's understanding that I, I believe relationships ebb and flow and it, it's been fun. I've had a number of relationships the last year or two that stem back 30 plus years. And now we're back into relationship and it's fun. Um, not because everything was you know bad. It was just circumstance. Um, the last piece is um, give yourself grace is, is really myself and others. And it's just um, don't get so caught up in, um, I don't want to say being perfect. I think that's a mindset understanding no one is, but it's also through that. It's kind of like, you know, be willing to forgive yourself, be willing to, you know, have grace on yourself and others through that process. And, and, and my belief is, is however small the step is, as long as it's forward, dude, you're golden. It's all good. It, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's, it's your pace, run your race. There's a kind of a fitting thing. Um, you'll never lose. You'll never lose when you run your race. <clears throat> you'll, always lose when you run someone else's yeah yeah well i mean i i really appreciate that you keep hammering that home that whole point like you know you kind of started the podcast with that it's best you and that's one of the biggest things that i try to communicate like it's a huge reason why i was intentional about calling it that is as, like we've talked about goals so often you've you've named a couple examples so many people so many of us get caught into chasing after other people's goals. And that's when you get there and you're like, what the hell? This sucks. That is not where I wanted to be. And so best you run your race, not other people's races. But those were three awesome things. Stay consistent. Go ahead. I think one, one piece I really want to add in there is, and this kind of goes along with the three that you said, is it's part of be okay with what you want. Don't, don't let someone else tell you what your sh goal should be or, yeah. or that your goal is not worthwhile. I, I think that's a destroyer of belief. You know, people will say, oh, let you decide to get there and like, oh, yeah, no, I sold myself short. Yeah, I could have done more. That's fun. That's great. 
instead of getting there because someone else forced you and realize and be better and upset about it. And so, you know, that, and that's part of that grace and that's part of running your race. And that's being the best you is, is be great with what it is for you. And don't let yourself be, you know, pushed or finagled that someone else thinks you should be doing it. Screw them. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, awesome, man. I really appreciate it, Tyler. That, that, was, that was awesome stuff. You guys make sure you go follow Tyler on Instagram. Go download the Impact Driven Leader podcast. But that's all we got today, bro. That was awesome. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Man, what an insightful episode with Tyler. It's so cool how he went from being almost a cow dietitian when he was 12 to having a dairy nutrition career to having his own gym to coaching other people with nutrition and now he's helping other leaders stay healthy in all areas of their life. It's so cool how if you listen to yourself, your own passions, follow your own goals, where life has the ability to take, to take you. Remember, if you're overwhelmed about what you should eat, you want to feel more confident in your skin and you need a way to satisfy your sweet tooth in a healthy manner, then go get access to my video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle at nickcarrier.com for free. And remember, if you're self-made, you probably haven't made much. Goals are not a finish line. Their utility is to have us take intentional action. And remember that a leader must always tell the truth, but you don't always have to tell all the truth. If you can do these things and you can stay consistent and build belief in yourself daily, then you will continue to get closer and closer to your best you.